Well, thank you. Thank you so much for... everybody, welcome to Harold Hey. My name is Adam Samaha and I'm with Corey Vaughn. And we have a special guest, Courtney Halverson. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, we're very excited to have Courtney on the show. Uh, we've been trying to make this work for a few weeks now, so we're happy it came to fruition. Um, so we will do an introduction and then we will get on to the episode. So as I said, her name is Courtney Halverson and you can find her on Instagram with the name pretty little fun <laughs> where she uh well let her say it what do yeah. you do on there courtney um yeah so my new terminology for it is uh fun employment so i i work <laughs> almost entirely as a blogger which i know sounds ridiculous so it's a, a lot of fashion blogging uh, a little bit of travel blogging a little bit of like foodie stuff you know it's like a it's a whole thing so I, i'd call it like a marketing empire Kind of, kind of, but then I feel like an asshole saying that. So, um, yeah, I just, I, I started out with like a lot of like thrifting and uh, style blogging and like personal style blogging, and now it's kind of evolved into this whole creature of sorts. You also starred in a TV show with Matthew McConaughey, I believe? Uh, yeah, no, that would be if I was on the first season of True Detective. Oh. But, oh, <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm an actor as well. So I was on the second season of True Detective, which anytime I say that, everybody's response is, I saw the first season. <laughs> I haven't seen the second, Corey. Uh, guilty. <laughs> Well, just to make you feel better, I watched three episodes. I saw you, yep. and I took a picture of you. Did I send it to you? No? I think you did. Yeah, okay, no, I yeah, I and I look, I look very... The thing they kept saying was uh, mousy every episode. They would bring me in and then like put me into the like hair and makeup chair, and they kept saying, make her mousier. <laughs> mousier. Um, and I was really disappointed by how easily and quickly they were able to do that every time. Wait, it what, was like, what is mousy? Can you ma- explain? Like, like um, just like plain. Like They wanted me to look very... But there's not. like a, a smallish thing to it, but not like small is not the right word. Yeah, no, it's like, it's very like diminutive, which, uh, yeah, it's just like this very like, you know, like, oh, gosh, golly gee, officer, I don't know what's going on. I'm just the secretary. Like, that was okay. very much the way I was okay. painted from the start. So. It's a man's world, as they say. Yeah, so it very much relates to this first episode. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm, well, it's, I mean,. Well, yeah, it'll all come out as it comes out. So yeah, yeah. You lead us in with the, the, old, yeah. right. the well, old episode. Real quick, uh, website, heronoldhay.com. Email us at hey.heronoldhay at gmail.com. Um, Emily Okada does our great designs. Um, thanks to, um, you know, thanks to my double, my brother, for letting us use their mic stuff for so long. We finally are starting to, like, get our own stuff, and it feels really empowering. So we're going to stop thanking them pretty Yeah, yeah they're the worst. Just kidding. Listen to them. They're great. Okay, so... Um, first episode is uh, um, Helga's makeover, um, and it starts out with uh, the kids all in class and Rhonda, who's kind of the like sassy, rich, um, like beautiful, popular girl, and she's passing out all these like invitations, and she says one for you, one for you, and she gets to Helga. She's like, oh, not for you. Like says it in front of her, in front of all the other students. Um, Moves on, uh, and Helga's like, whatever, I don't even really care. I don't want to go to your stupid party. Um, and, you know, they're, like, already, like, little comments of uh, Helga's uh, womanhood. Um, 
Gerald's like, uh, why wasn't she invited? She's a girl. And Arnold's like, or what, one of them, I don't remember who said what, but one of them's like, I kind of forgot she was a girl. And so right away, there's this like note of like, what is female? What is male? Like just so early in this nine year old drama. From a man's perspective, of course. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> but, yeah. but episode written by a woman. So oh, that's true. So? That's point. why we have you here, Courtney. See, thank yeah. you. Yes. <laughs> don't worry guys. Um, so, perspective. uh, uh, it then cuts to Helga and Phoebe hanging out, um, buying candy at a grocery store, and Helga like puts all the candy in her dress, like all awkwardly, like a nine-year-old would probably. Um, and uh, Helga's like, "What do you want to do tonight? You want to like goof on the goofs?" And Phoebe says, oh, "I was thinking maybe about going to hang out with the girls at the slumber party. It might be an interesting educational educational experience." Um, and Helga's like, "That's stupid. Uh, you go have a." go have a good time. I would never go to that party ever. Um, and Phoebe's like, fine, let's do it. So then Helga goes over to uh, a baseball game with the guys. Uh, and so already she's been rejected by the females of the class. She then goes to the guys who are playing baseball and basically gets rejected by them too. They're like, Oh, you're a girl. These are, this is a guy's game. This is, this is a man's world <laughs> and you can't, you, uh, you can't be here. And, and Arnold like tries to be like, like relational here. He says, look, the girls are having their girls night. We're going to have a guy's night. Makes sense. Um, but then it quickly snowballs into Harold leading all the guys in this chant. Helga's not a girl. And I mean, she's mad, but also like, like embarrassed too. And she my my favorite part of the episode is her walking down the street saying, I'm a girl. I'm definitely a girl. And then running into this like, large man who says well excuse me young man so like like nails this uh hammers this nail on the head like what is what is femininity and does helga match that um so then she goes and watches these kids or uh, watches the girls at the slumber party um through the window and she sees like phoebe betray her basically by laughing along with all these girls as they're kind of making fun of making fun of helga um and so she decides that she's gonna like her best foot forward and be the girl that she never thought she was so she goes and like buys magazines uh to like show her how to look more feminine i guess um and it gets embarrassed buying them gets embarrassed by her mom uh locked herself in the bathroom and ends up kind of gussying herself up in this like really i mean she's nine years old and she's like stuffing stuff down her bra and like it's like a caterpillar to a butterfly if the butterfly looked like a Ukrainian prostitute. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's right. So she shows up for, you know, whatever reason, all these, all these girls are super excited that she's shown up looking the way she looks. And she definitely is. She puffs herself up to really, it's like she, she definitely wants them to think that she knows what she's doing. And Phoebe sees through it right away. She doesn't know what she's doing. And Phoebe kind of calls her out and actually, gives this huge speech to her saying you never were like this you never used to care what other people think and eventually she kind of convinces Helga to call call out the rest of these girls um and so the last like five minutes of this episode four minutes of this episode are definitely conversations on ways that people put on masks to (laughs) there's like a lot yeah to quote Helga Helga says you're all wearing masks which is a little bit of a on-the-nose statement, but at the same time, it, it is what the episode is about. What does it mean to be a man? What does it mean to be a woman? And how do we put up these fake veils to protect what who we actually are? Um, 
Yeah, and then it ends with the guys trying to break into this, you know, scare them basically. Uh, and but because they're all wearing these like avocado masks, um, they scare all the all the all the guys away. But they capture Harold and they put makeup on him, and it's a goofy end of the episode. And that's the episode. There's like kind of a lot of plot points in this, so it, I felt like I just like jammed in so many things. I want to start by asking a question to Courtney actually. And you said the thing is like centered around what is femininity. Right. And obviously the thing that first came to my mind was the idea of a tomboy. Right. And what, how do you think that plays in this episode? And then do you have a, did you, were you a tomboy when you grew up or were you more I was super not, feminine? Yeah, no, I wasn't. God, I was somewhere in between the two where I wanted to be. And I think that's what's interesting about Helga is because she is put forth as this tomboy. But if you look at it, of all the girls in any of the classroom scenes she's wearing pink the whole time she's wearing a hair bow like she's very clearly a girl which is why it's so funny when she bumps into that guy on the street like excuse me young man like she could not be more clearly a girl um for me growing up i think like third fourth grade was like the roughest year this almost exact situation of the invitations being handed out in front of me that happened to me it was awful the girls came to my house like toilet papered it that night Mimi, thanks. Um, (laughs) I got them back. Don't worry about it. Uh, But yeah, so it was like this this whole thing, and it was it was um, you know not fitting in with the group. I think for me, it wasn't so much not being feminine enough. I think it was just being a little bit awkward, which I think is, I mean, that's Helga. I remember all of these things, um, like the stuffing of the bra, like her trying to like pluck her eyebrows. I mean, I don't think they showed it, but like the first time you shave your legs is like so terrifying and like horrifying as a girl. And I think these are like all the things she's like on fast forward at nine years old, trying to like figure all these things out. Um, that's yeah, that's interesting. Like she, she's figuring it out, but she's kind of doing it. She's well, she's obviously doing it alone. Was that like, uh, I mean, I think at any kid guy or girl goes to that moment of like locking the door, like, I'm doing a thing that I've never done before and I'm going to like figure it out. Yeah. Um, like I assume that like, was that moment her like yelling at her mom? Was that like part of your experience too? Not so much. I think because I had an older sister to like kind of talk me through these things. Yeah. So it was like, it was very much that like I was like made fun of for a lot of reasons of like, I didn't shave my legs until way after everybody else. I am still waiting to develop boobs uh, any day now. Um, (laughs) But it's like, you know, it's those things where like, you know, and I I guess I think guys know about these things, but uh, probably not to the extent that women do like the, the things you go through when you're at those like very impressionable ages of like, okay, like I'm, I'm a woman and that means that I'm supposed to have like boobs. I'm supposed to like have like shaved legs. I'm supposed to do all these things and I'm supposed to be tall and graceful and wear makeup. And I think that's like the funniest thing is being an adult and seeing these like essentially children like trying to like contour their face or like, you know what I mean? And their kids are getting way better at it now, but uh, it was definitely a lot of like frosted blue eyeshadow for me for a while. I, re- I remember, and, the, and Helga makes mention of this when this at the scene when she kind of freaks out and she's like, we don't need to do this. Why are we doing this? Where she says we are already taller than the boys yes. and she goes through the list of things that they already have that the boys in terms of maturity don't have. Yeah. And I distinctly remember that when I was in like sixth and seventh grade, like looking around at the girls and thinking like, they're looking like women and we look like little monsters. Yeah. Like we look like... <laughs> yeah. like Aliens, see, like comparatively, like yeah. But it's like it's like in the at that point stage, which is what is the age difference? 
Where are they supposed to be in the nine. show? They're, they're they're nine. They're they're like. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Third, fourth grade. Right? Yeah, so they're not there yet. But I think there's like a point like when you get to sixth, seventh, and eighth grade where it flips and like it, the women like clearly, clearly look right, what right. more like women, and the boys look like yeah. crazy. Yeah, I think that's I think that's probably a lot of society where it's women are so immediately presented with like visual ideas of how we're supposed to look. I think for men, it's and obviously correct me if I'm wrong because I'm a woman. Um, but I think growing how up, how dare you? How dare you? <laughs> no, but I mean like with with We've growing been up put and down like, for too long. <laughs> but like with growing up with women, it's like we're constantly saturated with when I was this age, it was like Teen Bop magazine, like things like that, like YM magazine, all those things where it was like visual ideas of what you're supposed to look like mm. and makeovers and everything was about um, what you're supposed to look like. I think for guys, it was more about like being tough. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe like being tall, I think is like a thing where they like talk about that sure. with, with Arnold. I think they like kind yeah, of make fun of him. Kid, like short. being short. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? Like I think those are the things that they make fun of like visually, but I think for guys, it's... It, a lot less visual I think for girls it's like an immediate saturation of like here is exactly how you're supposed to look fuck everything else Uh, it's interesting too like so she's looking she's looking to media to like gain this like beauty feminine education um you know she she pulls that magazine to like uh you know use to learn how to Make yeah, yourself a up. Woman. Make, yeah. It said like ugly girl makeover or something right. like yeah. horrible on the cover. And it's like shame involved. Like no, totally. Involved. Yeah. And that's so, why she's locked in that bathroom. It's so shameful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think even, even, okay. So the, uh, the lady, it's actually Gerald's mom, but the lady who's uh, ringing in the, ringing in the food and st- or ringing in the magazines at the, at the cash register. She, um, you know, makes that it's actually really good comedy. How like the, the last magazine, the one that she doesn't want anyone to know about is the one that kind of beeps and like, Oh, what, who's, what magazine is this? And Helga gets super embarrassed about it. And she, instead of saying, Oh, how did that get in there? Oh, well, she like, like creates this really complicated lie about it. Line. Oh, how did that get in there? Oh, I guess I'll just use it to line my birdcage. And I think that's t- and spends a lot of money. Magazines are not cheap. She bought like seven of them. Yeah, like, that's right, like right. Fifty bucks. It's a, yeah, well, she, It's because she's trying to hide deep down this like she has shame about yeah. her lack of knowledge, and she she she's saying my education of beauty and femininity is basically worth lining a birdcage, which is a subtle thing, but she. All these things that she's doing, hiding in the bathroom, like claiming she's going to like align her birdcage with it, buying seven magazines to hide the fact that she doesn't know what it means to be a woman. That's a really like shameful, sad thing, I guess. I I don't I don't know. I I read that a little differently because I think at the beginning scene when Phoebe and her are arguing and there she's like, are you really going to go to the party? And Phoebe's like, well, yeah, I think there's like following social conventions sometimes can have benefits. Where you get to be part of the group, right? You're I was not an outcast. Say, I, I kind of like li- lined with like Phoebe, yeah. almost from the get go, because I think uh, I don't think like Helga is right from the start. I think her thing is uh, very much like you know, screw you guys, this is silly. Why are you guys doing this? And really, until Helga gets there, it's not so much like the girls are so enthralled when she shows up like dressed like this prostitute um and she like mm-hmm. tips out her makeup bag and is like very like you know like don't worry about it darling like let me teach you how to do this like the girls are not you know they're like goofing around and kind of being silly prior to that and i think she kind of flips it 
and tries to like overcompensate for her lack of knowledge and basically just be like, hmm. yes, I am this expert on all things feminine. Let me tell you what it's all about. And Phoebe from the start is like just having kind of a silly time. Maybe she's being a disloyal friend by laughing about Helga's situation. But I think Phoebe from the start is like, I don't know. I just want to go experience this. Let's see. Something I noticed also with Phoebe, because I, I thought she was very interesting in this episode, um, is that like when, when she's out with the girls or in the house with the girls, they're doing dress up essentially, like pretending to be older women. She is still wearing like kimono. Is that what she's wearing? Some kind of it's like Japanese yeah, native or, garb. Yeah. yeah. And it, it's like to me, that was fascinating yes. because it was like an indicator of she's like participating, but she's still secure with herself. Yeah. So she can do the things that Helga can't do. Yeah. Like she can go to the party and have fun, but it doesn't make who she is. Yeah, I think Phoebe's like been the grounded one from the start. And she at no point is like taken in by this. Like, yes, she laughs at Helga's expense and that's shitty friend. It's, but it's funny to some degree too. Little, you know, yeah. like, uh, Helga. But, you know, yeah, she's not being an especially loyal friend. But I think at the same time, it's like, you know, she is trying to like spread her wings, learn about maybe something different. And from the start, she's not there trying to... Uh, you know, erase wrinkles or, uh, you know, slim down her waist and get big boobs. Which, they're nine. Let's just say that again. <laughs> they're nine. These, these kids are nine years old. Yeah. Uh, but Helga was going for something way, well she beyond went nine. Yeah. For broke. Yeah. Like, she, <laughs> she looked fully 45. Uh, how about that moment when she throws the her bow into the trash can. Oh, that's a, so that's a loss sad. of innocence, think, right? Yeah. Like we watched it together and there was this moment where we we're all like, Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh Helga, no. because a bow, a bow is, it, it screams nine years old. Yeah. And she's like, this is garbage. I don't like it anymore. Well, and to me, it's like sort of part of her identity. Like, like Arnold's hat is part of his yeah. identity. For sure, yeah. So it's not as obvious as Arnold's hat, but it's like, yeah, it's very loaded. Like, there, there, there's so much to that throw into the trash can. Totally. It's sort of heartbreaking, but you kind of think it's so heavy that, like, she's going to have to figure out this is not right. Yeah. You know, because mm. that is her almost. That is her, yeah. Yeah, that, that's going in the trash can. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think there's, like, so many things with, like, being a girl and trying to, like, fast forward to womanhood. I think it is a really nice take on it that she overcompensates because I think that's what a lot of girls do is they hit that age and they're like well I have an older sister and this is what she does and it's like you skip like six years of development and try and go like right into being like a mm. teenager like you're missing out on all those preteen years because I think it's this like expectation of well I need to be hot right now like mm. I need to be desired and visually attractive um, I, I kind of dodged a bullet with it just because like sheerly like not having money i was just like all right like i'm gonna keep wearing this the same clothes yeah. like we're stuck with this and it like you know and i dodged a real bullet with it because it wasn't my parents being like yeah let's go buy you mini skirts it was like nah you're you're gonna be wearing the you know bicycle shorts for a while <laughs> like you're stuck well do, and how do you think that like social media and those things do you think that has like sped that process up even oh. more like exponentially and I, I feel like I am like definitely a part of social media I try and be as honest as possible and um, as transparent as possible but you know it is also still social media like there's definitely a mask involved with it I don't share every detail of my life I try and keep things real um, as much as I can but at the same time I look through my followers and I see very young girls that are so much more put together than I ever was at that age or probably even am now like they have the full makeup and the hair and it's it's very visual and um and they're you know doing a great job at this but i think they're probably missing a lot of points of like childhood because they are so 
tuned into social media. They have such a better, and you know, it's not to say that magazines were not the exact same thing for me at that age. I think it's just, it's so much more constant. Yeah. That's what, that's the first thing that came to my mind. Like the difference in magazines. You can be connected all the time. All the time. All the time. And I think that when you're young, I mean, I think people probably already still go through this, but when you're young, it's hard to say like, oh, like, I really like that jacket Courtney's wearing, or I really like that, you know, specific item. And it gives them like some sort of thing of like, what can my next outfit be? You know what I mean? Like you take this sort of like aesthetic thing. And that's the reason why I follow so many accounts. I mean, I follow hundreds and hundreds of accounts because I'm like constantly inspired by what I see online and what I see on other girls and what I see them doing. And not only like fashion, but just where they're going, what they're doing how they have a perspective on life. It's it's not entirely looks-based, um, but I do think that, you know, for a younger generation, and maybe I'm wrong, it does seem like a lot of them have a pretty grounded perspective. I think because they have a much bigger perspective on the world, everything is like so mm. at their fingertips that maybe it's not as narrow of a perspective as it was for me. Um, but I do get scared by it. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's easy to say like that's a problem is social totally. media. Totally, and but it's like, and I sound like my parents' generation of like, oh, these kids so tuned in. <laughs> like, you know, it's it's fun. I think they probably take things with a bigger grain of salt than maybe I do because I did not grow up with that. Yeah, because if they're not using all of their social media time, like looking at blogs and stuff, like right. fashion blogs, there's a lot of other like great information. Right. So they probably are consuming like more information earlier than say our parents were. Yeah, and I like. And I hope that uh, things like social media, fashion blogging, all of that, that should just be a part of what you're following. That should just be like a dose of like a what balance. There's like a balance. Yeah. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Like there are other things. And you know, if that's, if that's your main focus, that's totally fine. But I think being able to curate your feed and subscribe to the things you want to subscribe to, uh, if that's part of it, I don't think there's anything wrong with that if it's done mm. responsibly. Well, totally. And even like. Self-plugging. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I, I think even as a man, it's like easy to get sucked in, even through social media, like to see like, oh, that dude has that certain thing that I really right. like that I can't afford right now, right. but maybe one day. Yeah. But then, but also I think these things like they affect women and especially this episode, it's so central, like centered around Helga. But I remember when I was a kid, I had like this fucked up mullet that like was, I have like curly hair. So it was like this wavy curly mullet and then it was like. Oh. Yeah, you can kind of imagine. Like basically a rat yeah, it, it was yeah, it was terrible. But I remember constantly being called girl all the time. And when we would do like lineups for sports, I wouldn't get chosen because I looked like a girl, and the guys would all call me a girl. And I remember coming home one day and she'd be like, "Mom, I can't do it anymore. I, I need yeah, it. I need a different haircut." And and it was like my mom was like, "What do you mean? You look beautiful." And so that's what screwed it up from the beginning. No one should have but a haircut like that. It's these tropes of like, "Are you male enough? Are you female enough?" Like I have, I'm sure you can hear my smooth uh, speaking voice, but I have had like a, a deeper voice most of my life. I remember like answering the phone and having to be like, "Hello, sir," and just being so indignant, like I'm a girl, and like Helga experiences that same moment guys go through that but the opposite the opposite like, like, yeah. like oh oh i thought you were your mom yeah. uh, <laughs> psychological and they, trauma and, but yeah. see i think men do that same thing of that overcompensating where you try and go past that where i remember mm. like the boys in grade school like forcing their voice way too deep or they're like, oh, sure. Hello. like i remember that even happened with like the harry potter films like one film was like oh we gotta get the snitch and then, like the next one was like was a dumbledore like it was weird <laughs> like they like dropped their voice and like the next like movie they like figured it out like I don't know and maybe that's a natural thing does it just go too low and then figures it out is that or do they do that on purpose uh, you, I, I should have tracked my voice growing up because I I don't know 
I actually have some recordings of mine. I can yeah, let's play go it. Yeah, let me yeah. look for really quick. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't. I didn't notice my voice until we started doing this. So, <laughs> to be very it, honest, I think it sound. I think I think the the going from low to high very quickly, which is what you know what happens. Like it, like it goes like it's like. And the, I feel like a, a total dick, but like it it happens to like adult males. Like yeah. your voice will still crack yeah, it happened, occasionally, like, last and I week. laugh every time. I feel like a dick, but I will laugh every time. You know, it happens to my fiance funny. very rarely, and I. It, laugh every time like a jerk like it, like it, it's w- funny until it happens to you so. yeah exactly exactly <laughs> but like that uh like the the whole thing about like the shame in this episode i was thinking about the moment where she's like buying those magazines and like the horror of like gerald's mom like basically being like um what is the price on this magazine you know the one about how to make ugly girls like less ugly like and she's just dying inside and i remember like feeling that shame this may be tmi but like buying tampons for the first time just like in line just like this is my nightmare like hoping you get a female checker and then it's a guy and he's like yeah it's like that big moment and like now I'm just like I don't yeah I need this like this is happening I'm not gonna say who this is I'm not gonna say one of my past jobs a girl was saying that that happened uh, happened to her when she was young and she didn't even know how much they were I think she like got on her period like with her dad and brother on vacation her mom wasn't there and yeah yeah and and she's like um Dad, we got to stop at uh, CVS. Uh, and like, she. Oh, <laughs> and they're expensive. You know why? But not because as expensive. He, he like handed her like 40 bucks. Oh. <laughs> Take the credit card, darling. I will say, darling. as like a shameless female plug, there is a tax on all feminine hygiene products, and it's called the luxury tax. Thank you, government, for deciding that like me being able to not feel disgusting is a luxury. Thank you. But not in Chicago. They just changed what that up, right Chicago? now. What up, Chicago? Let's do this. <laughs> um, it's oh, I think that's something that's funny is when in my notes when I was watching that part of the episode. Did you write tampons down? No, too? <laughs> this shows you the weird benefit to being a man. The only thing I can relate that to is being stoned in public. Oh, where yeah. you think everyone's like, staring at you. Like, yeah. <laughs> because if you're a guy and you're like, your first time, like, it, I'm going to go buy condoms. See, like everyone's giving you yes, eye high fives. Yes. You know, they're like, yeah, he's doing it. Like, yes. this is awesome. And like having to buy condoms as a woman is like. <laughs> so different. It's That's so degrading. And I remember like buying <laughs> condoms and it was like a dude at CVS. And he like, he was like just staring at me. And I'm like, yeah, dude, like I'm going to need these later. And they're not for you. But like a guy but, buying it is such like, like high five and a million angels on the way. And like, I'm about to get laid. But like, a girl is like oh you better bag that shit up like it's awful but i like the, the amount of times if you're buying alcohol and condoms side by side oh, yeah, the comment is always like well bro you got like a good night coming on yeah. and it's like fucks don't do that like like yeah it'll be cool maybe like a lot of things can happen dude now i'm gonna be thinking about you later <laughs> she could say no that could happen so this could be lonely mostly alcohol involved so, yeah, yeah, maybe he's like overshooting. Maybe he's just, you know, keeping stocked on the condoms. Exactly. Knows. But yeah, anytime I've had to buy condoms, it's been like my biggest nightmare. It's not the same. Sup, mom and dad? How you doing? Do they listen to Okay, I, I don't use condoms. Is that better, mom and dad? There you go. Never have, never will. Wow, we, we've really, we've, we've covered tampons, we've covered feminine hygiene, we've covered two you know, beers. That's safe sex. It, that's why they call you two beer Adam. It is. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, uh, we could. I mean, if we want to talk a little more philosophical about it, uh, we can keep <laughs> we talking about. Get off this I mean, we, no, no, we can keep talking about tampons all night. I'm telling you. You know, Helga, maybe we were wrong about you. Maybe you're not like the rest of us. You're right, Rhonda. I'm not like the rest of you. I'm not wearing a mask. I mean, look at us. T 
tin foil in our hair, glop on our faces, high-heeled shoes? Why are we wearing these? We're already taller than the boys. But Helga, this is what girls do. I mean, what could be more fun than this? Yeah, what, Helga? Yeah, Helga. Uh, you know, Helga's, um... Helga's very blunt conversation about wearing a mask, it, it's an easy it, its an easy gimmick, I guess, but I think it actually is saying a much uh, deeper conversation about um, the ways in which that all people put up, a, put up a front to like protect who they really are. And I think a lot of this episode is Helga coming to terms with who she really is, which is, yeah, she's a little bit of a tomboy, she's tough, um, and some people don't understand that. And I don't know, I like that... I don't think that's just a, f- a feminine thing that needs to be talked about, but I think it could be too. I don't know. Is that something that specifically feels feminine or? Um, yeah, I think there is a, a notion with uh, being a tomboy and things like that. And just even the word tomboy, I think, paints this picture of femininity. Femininity cannot be tough and femininity cannot be strong. Mm. And I think the you know the more modernized our society gets, the more we get to a point where it's like, yes, strength, and toughness and all of those things can coexist with being female and being feminine and feminine doesn't always have to mean soft and that's not to say that you know uh, being a softer person maybe being a gentler spirit that is also female I think it's just tearing down these boundaries of like trying to make one thing female and one thing male I think we have so much more crossover at this point and I don't know if it's because of where I'm at in my life, because I'm not a kid anymore, but I don't know if it, I haven't heard that word tomboy used right. recently pretty it's much not, at all. It's not, I mean, it definitely is still a thing, I think, for like maybe like younger kids on the playground where they're like getting labeled these things basically by adults. Um, but I think, you know, like I, I'm trying to think of like women that I know that are of my age that are, are maybe more androgynous or are not uh, necessarily like classically like, you know, tropes of like feminism. Um, they're maybe more like tough, strong, strength driven, uh, less concerned with fashion, things like that. Um, and I don't hear that word anymore. I don't hear tomboy anymore. I think it it's is It's not a just, great term. It's not. No, it it's is very, not, it no, paints no, a not, very yeah. narrow picture. Um, and I think it just, yeah, I think it's kind of a dying phrase. Hopefully. I mean, I guess maybe it'll always exist in like a schoolyard sense. I think it's probably because, yeah, Schoolyard's a perfect way of thinking about it, I think, because it, it shows that there's like a very limited perspective. Right. Because and it's you, such a limited window. It's such a narrow time in your life mm, where you're like Totally. This. Because if you if you meet like somebody, like a woman or a man from, say, the West Coast or like a woman or man from the East Coast, like even just when, like making your playground that much larger, you get so many different types of behavior right. and ways of being right. that range from more docile to more aggressive to all these different things. And you wouldn't necessarily think like women on the East Coast are like way manlier. Like nobody says that because it's yeah. not true. That would be insane to say something like that. But there is like a slightly different aggression with the men and women, maybe. Right. Um, so, but it, we don't view it from that same limited like, oh, there's just a bunch of tomboys over there. Like nobody yeah, says Yeah, I think that. that's like a very like 1950s perspective which I, I mean you know it's not to say that that doesn't still exist where it's like everybody's painted with brushes that are not uh, particularly wide um, painted with right. these like narrow perspectives but yeah I mean I don't think uh, yeah I guess I don't know I just have a hard time with that word like tomboy with her because to me she embodies like oh yeah feminism that, because that she's, last, that she's last, so tough the last thing she says um, when she like the, the clip you just heard she that's a very um, independent female voice 
that I think is fantastic that pushes against every other thing that's been said in that episode to her. Yeah. Yeah, and she's like consistently like the most intellectual. She is the most like well-read character. Yeah, like she's, she's romantic. Romantic yeah. and she's poetic and she's this whole thing. And, and I think what's interesting in this, if, if you listen to last episode, I talked about how I, I read like a, a Nickelodeon forum thing from like 1999 or whatever. And he said that Helga was like, that like he took all of the girls that were like in love with him and he was in love with when he was a little kid and made them all into one character. And you see like how within herself she's so diverse. But if you think about it, like everyone is that way to some degree, but women also like can be so complicated like that and complex. And it doesn't surprise me that that, that at that stage in their lives, when they're like nine, nine years old, that the most well-rounded character would be a woman. Yeah. Because right. way maturity uh, Mature is yeah. like a lot quicker. Well, no, and I think what's so nice about it is, uh, and just thinking about this, there's so many like different like levels to basically what's happening to both the boys and the girls. And I think, you know, we try and apply these both like male and female brushes. And I think at the end of the day, like if we really think about it, like they're nine years old, they're kids. Like there's, they have that like, that brief window prior to this where it's it's not being so shoved down their throat of like you need to be a woman you need to be a man like yes there are like gender identity things that are forced on kids from like an early age but I think there's that like brief window where like kids are all friends with each other it's boys right. and girls hanging out together like it's and you know like Helga like playing uh, baseball with them like it's just to her it's such a slap in the face of like well no we're doing this because we're boys and girls are doing something over there and you don't fit into either box right now like sucks Ugh, for you it's so such sad. a horrible moment of like you are both not male and not female enough you are just this like entity and like really at the end of the day she's probably like the most developed uh, yeah. of any of them where yeah. she's just like yeah no I'm not I'm not either of those things I am just me I am a kid I'm well, and basically, I'm a person. <laughs> and all, Profound. Uh, uh, basically, all of the relationships are platonic relationships. Like, there's little crushes and stuff. So they they're allowed to sort of all like socialize and play together the way yeah. that they are because there's no sexual element to it at all. So there's no having to yet. like sequester yourself yet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe that's for the new movie they're coming out with. No, Ooh. I think that. But I think there's something to that. It's like when there's no sexual equa- a part of that equation has been inserted. It's like it, it allows you to enter a different part of a relationship that you can't enter otherwise. Where sort of male and female is most of the time not as important. Well, well, or or gender is gender is being developed without this like focus on um, uh, romantic relationship. Like she's right. she's yeah, yeah. she's able to say I'm not like I'm not woman based on any man I like she is like that's not she, well there's romance but it's just not sexual it doesn't have that right. sexual intimacy yeah yes. I okay. remember like having crushes at that age and yeah being, like, I just crushes. like him I yeah. don't it's not going anywhere beyond that I yeah. just yeah I hope not yeah where <laughs> I'm just like I don't know I just like him because or you just feel like you're supposed to like someone and I think and this you know obviously we don't like touch on that in this episode but I always really loved like Helga's deep infatuation with Arnold because it's so the opposite of of those girlhood crushes because I think so many of them are you have a crush on a boy or you have a crush on like uh, like a, a celebrity or whatever and you have to talk about it because you have to let people know that like I have a crush because I am old enough that I can like be in love with someone and I love that hers is this like secret like she's so much more mature than anybody else that she has this like secret like devastating crush mm. that she cannot talk about really like it is like her own internal 
I don't know. Yeah, because her she there's a heavy heavy romantic element to her and her feelings for Arnold, but because she's not allowed to do anything about it, it just yeah always stays. And in to that me, life. it's like so much more genuine because I think I remember like being like, I love Kevin Richardson from the Backstreet Boys. I didn't. You just picked one. Like you picked yeah, yeah, right. one of the five guys that you were supposed to like, and you just like learned their birthday and their favorite color and like mm-hmm. carved their name on things. Like yeah, like I carved Kr and a bunch of things. Like and he was the oldest member of Backstreet Boys. By the way, so mature, oh, yeah, older men, interesting, yeah, interesting. You know? but like it was like these like, these crushes because you feel like you're supposed to have crushes the yeah, same way yeah. that she's like supposed to like God help her for having a unibrow. She got just to care about you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like all yeah. these things where you're like, oh shit, I'm supposed to do these things. I'm supposed to be all these things. I'm supposed to wear this mask. Um, but her love for Arnold is more pure. It is. It is. Because yeah, yeah. it's like genuine and it's like devastating to her because yeah. she doesn't know what to do with it. It's like when a boy likes a girl and he just like socks her in the arm really hard because <laughs> it's like, I don't know what to do with these feelings. Jacqueline. She used to kick me all the time in the shins. She was awful and I was in love with her. But what are you going to do? You know, sometimes you got to have to like a little... <laughs> 20 years ago. A little tough romance. (laughs) (laughs) A little tough love for you. Heartbreak, also arm break. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mine would be shin break. Oh, shin break. It's all the same. Um, uh, I mean, it's great to talk about Helga. We could could talk about her all night. We do need to do the other one more episode really quick. It's not as loaded, but it's a good one still. Uh, Is there anything else we need to talk about here in Helga's makeover? Anything we're forgetting here? No. Uh, I would I would like to add from a female perspective. Please, please I did, do. I did hear on playback that I said the word feminine hygiene earlier, and I know that that is like a really not okay thing to say anymore. I didn't, and I'm teaching I didn't you know guys that. this. Yeah, thank because you. Because you, you go in the grocery no store and it says. So I'm telling you guys this because I got like schooled on this on social media very recently. <laughs> I should have said feminine care because hygiene implies uh, that it is something dirty. dirty. Yeah, so that's another thing. There's like that whole semantics. I know. Yeah, but I mean, this is these are things that I'm learning. So there's like a whole like shame element involved, which we had talked about earlier with like the shame that Helga's experiencing that is applied to us from the start with things like feminine hygiene. So I would like to apologize for wow. using that. It is feminine care. And uh, let's tackle an episode that doesn't have anything to do with that now. <laughs> so I love the sensitivity and I love the constant thought about semantics because words are so important and loaded and fantastic. And I'm normally terrible with them, but I'm yeah. trying to like choose my words <laughs> a lot more carefully. But like conservative people, people on the right, they never have that problem. They say whatever they want when they yes. want, and they get everything done huh. because they never fight. A- <laughs> <laughs> the people on the left always make ways to fight with each other. And it's... I'm sorry, did you say feminine hygiene? <laughs> yeah, I, I said it, it. like in an Instagram caption, did not realize it, and it was like the internet blew up. And I realized what I had done afterwards, and I was like, you know what, that's kind of something I knew in the back of my head, and I remember having heard that at some point, but yeah, I guess... It makes sense. It totally... I'm not making the like, oh, political correctness is no, insane, no, and I'm not no. making that argument. And it's like... It's great. That, that semantic stuff is very right, important, right. very great, but... It causes a lot of infighting with people that typically agree. Would I mean, otherwise I'm going to beat the shit out of both of them in the front yard <laughs> after this. <laughs> well, I'll just start saying feminine care from now on. Feminine care. Okay. Anyway, now that that Tomboy episode's done. <laughs> <laughs> Let's bring it back to the 50s here, y'all. Yeah. Well, which, uh, you know what? There I is know. some, a little bit, yeah. yeah. So um, the old building, uh, uh, Arnold is hanging out with one of the boarders in the in his grandparents' apartment. Uh, he's just hanging out with one of them. Who he's so it's Ernie. He's a he's a, I guess a construction worker. He uh, demolition man. Demolition man, exactly. Um, <laughs> demolition. Isn't that, that's a movie, right? It, I think it is. I don't know what Google. No, my computer will explode. Okay, all right. You uh, can only run the microphone. <laughs> so um, he's hanging out with Ernie, who's this 
If you if you haven't been keeping up, Ernie is a very short Napoleon complex dude. He kind of looks like um, uh, Danny DeVito. He kind of talks like him, like he does. Right. The he's whites a, yeah. of his eyes are very yellow, implying <laughs> a lifetime of like alcoholism and liver damage. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, jaundice is not something. Or jaundice. Um, he he is approaching his 500th demolition, and he basically he asks Arnold, "Hey, would you be willing to be my son and like sit with me on my like yeah, in my." Short notice to come up with a son by Wednesday, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. think was like the best line. I was like, yeah, I know good. that is short notice. Or um, and he, it's just logistical. That's all it is. Uh, and then, you know, Arnold says, of course, I would love to. Then it cuts to Arnold hanging out with his grandma who's wearing this like old 40s like velvet dress uh, showing off her like arm like her armpits and stuff her bingo wings is what <laughs> that's, we that's the, her bingo wings yeah because if you think oh, about a picture minute, a lady like yeah, an older lady like going this. bingo and they wave their arm in the air and it's that like flapping so those are bingo yeah arms. i'd always call that kindergarten teacher arms oh yeah. Yeah, yeah bingo wings <laughs> but teachers te- teaching is important we need more teachers so <laughs> very pc of you yeah uh, so he's hanging out with his grandma who, um, she says, Arnold, I need your help. I'm, uh, saving the circle theater. It's a place where grandpa and I first, uh, first met and listened to Dino Spumoni. Um, and that's actually the connection between grandma and Ernie. They both love Dino Spumoni, who's kind of a Frank Sinatra type character who, by the way, has this rich backstory. I cannot wait to watch his episodes. This, he... He's like barely, he's a footnote in this episode, but he comes back oh, over and over. Oh, do they delve into that? Yes, he's like a yes. real character. He's great. Um, so anyway, uh, Grandma um, says, we need to save the Circle Theater. And Arnold says, sure, of course. But uh-oh, sitcom situation. The building that Ernie is tearing down for his 500th uh, demolition is the same building that Grandma is trying to save. And so this is this is the worst for Arnold because, as we've talked about before, he's a people pleaser, a fixer. He um, uh, kind of puts others' needs in front of himself, even when it's uh, to his detriment. And so he's trying to figure out what to do here. He ends up asking his grandpa, hey, um, I'm, I'm in a really sticky situation. Uh, and grandpa just doesn't give him advice. <laughs> and Arnold's kind of left to fend for himself and figure out, like, how do I... Um, how do I make both of these people happy? Which is a horrible thing. I mean... It's a uh, horrible we, thing to put on a child. Yeah, we could talk about that a, a lot. I think there's a lot loaded there. Um, but he kind of walks around um, the theater that's going to get torn down, thinking about what he possibly could do. And then he realizes that the connection really is the music. Um, and so he somehow, with his genius nine-year-old ability, gets a hold of the mayor and uh, Dino Spumoni and ends up... Uh, calling off the demolition because um, he he calls it off because the mayor decides to like keep it as a, a national monument or a city monument or something and um, kind of convinces both grandma and Ernie to get on the same side again and then of course they fight and argue and that's how the episode ends with uh, the two of them arguing and Arnold listening to Dina Spumoni. So that's the episode. Um, it's really not, it's not, it's kind of more of a sitcom like Oops, I'm in a sticky situation. I feel like it's one of those episodes where I, the main character goes on two dates at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah, Where yeah. it's like, oh, gosh, golly gee. Like, oh, I spilled honey all over the floor. I gotta like, wash like, my clothes. Yeah, like, oh, no. Drive to the movie theater. Yeah. Um, 
I think it's like a really good example of like how terrible the adults are uh, in his life. They're amazing in a lot of ways. But they're usually point, terrible. They're, right. they're usually, <laughs> and it's like, it's so funny because they are like completely like pitting him, like putting him in the middle and like he's yeah. being pitted against each of them. And they're both trying to use him like, hey, will you tell Arnold? Like, or Arnold, will you tell your grandma that like, they're yeah. like, they're you, totally using him. You tell your grandma that I hate her. Or like, yeah, like, and he's horrible. like, you're sitting right there, you know? And the, the thing that he says right before that is he's like, oh no, I'm like in this like terrible situation, which by the way, like grandpa helps like zero is just like, oh no, I think I hear the phone ringing and like bounces out. Um, and so like Arnold's like trying to find a solution to it. And he's like, you know what? I'm just going to tell them they're adults. They'll right, understand. Right. And then it's like immediately like cut to just like a total clusterfuck. So I took a slightly different read from this episode, but I think what you guys said is totally valid, and I agree with it, and I saw that as well. You're wrong. <laughs> no, it wasn't a wrong. We were all just different opinions. Um, very, I, very PC of you. I, no, this has nothing to do with PC. So I, I saw something a little different, and part of it is because I really like the grandma character, and I always kind of watch what she's doing in the episode. And you she, love those bingo wings. I love the bingo wings. <laughs> and... Um, is she oh, it seems like there's like a really rich back story of hers but you never quite know what it is like she used to be an undercover cop or something like that in one other episode yeah yeah, yeah. She's, she's super hot yeah say that. she's a freaking feisty babe she's for an old lady but the, the, the interesting was as I think there's like a point where she was some crazy sort of hippie lefty because her idea of chaining herself to the uh, the circle theater, theater yeah. the circle theater is like what hippies and like very um, Jane Fonda <laughs> like where they don't want the trees to be cut down in Seattle so they like chain themselves to the trees right, and the loggers right. and to me it was a similar dynamic it's like you have the logger who needs to cut down the tree you have the demolition man who needs to demolish the building then you have the hippie that wants to preserve it so you have this idea of the difference between like uh, destruction and preservation Right, right. And there was a really, really quick, interesting thing, because I'm a fucking nerd, that, that I noticed where when he, Arnold has all of the uh, things going back and forth in his head, like his grandma saying one thing, and then Dino, not Dino, what's the Ernie. Dino? Ernie saying another thing. Something he said was like, it's progress, was the thing that he said. Ah. Uh, and to me, that was fascinating, because he's seeing progress in destruction, mm. whereas at the very end of the episode, no, he's absolutely. happy that it's preserved. And something that came to my mind was, there's a guy named Donald Wright, and he's a writer and thinker, philosopher guy, and he coined this phrase, the progress trap, mm. and it's essentially where you've progressed so much that it's actually destructive. And to me, right. that was interesting. Right. Uh, so he gives an example that you can look him up and read about it, but to me, that was really the interesting thing is, they all actually end up agreeing with the idea of preservation and the importance of preservation, but because it seems like changing the status quo, or changing what hap is happening now, for a lot of people, feels like the right thing, even if it's actually the wrong thing. So that's kind of what I read from this. No, I but I, I see the sitcom me bad date thing. I see all of them. It's absolutely both. And I was thinking about that a lot, though. It it really is a fight because it's this young like. Like I'm 40 and I knock down walls, and this like 80 year old woman who's yeah. she's richly tied to history. Yeah, and I think you dug uh, you dug to a spot that like is even more interesting than what I was going to say. Like, well, thank you. Yeah, just got money. You left it right. Um, I think the the basic view of that is this is a this is a conversation between like the old and the new, right? Um, how how she and she is she's an old lady. She yeah. and, and in a in a way, knocking down this historical monument, historical monument is a little bit knocking her down too, um, because it's so tied to her relationship with her husband and her memories of like being young. 
Um, and so it makes sense that like the thought of destructing that or like knocking that down, um, it's a rich, it's a rich moment. Well, and it's, and it's important to Ernie too, but he is so caught up in something else. He's not able to recognize it. Right. Right. He's so wrapped up in his career and his job, which is destruction that he can't see like what is really valuable, which was that moment. And that ultimately he can blow something else up yeah, later. Yeah, the very end yeah. he's like, don't worry, my next five, or my like 500 demolition will be like next week. It's like, yeah, there's going to be another one. Yeah. Just leave the theater. Yeah, around. don't blow up the historic one. Like there's something else to blow up. Don't blow up the good yeah. thing that mm-hmm. you actually care about, but you don't realize mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. It is funny though. There was like a line that Ernie says at one point where he said, uh, he's like, please like, you know, do this for me. Like basically be my stand-in son. I've been let down a lot in my life. I'm like, that is a heavy thing to say to a nine-year-old. It's quite it's a like, burden. My life is full of disappointments. I need this. Like, holy shit. You're laying that on a nine-year-old's lap. And he named him Bill. He changed his yeah, name. And, yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. such like a slap in the face. Like, let's rebrand him to Bill. Like, we're going to give you like a sick nickname. And he's like, all right. Like, yeah, like the Terminator. And then it just turns into like, how about Bill? Like the saddest nickname. The 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 most difficult part. The mo- the I think something interesting too is th- this is very normal for Arnold to get like put put into these situations like with the Kakashkas with Arnold as Cupid. Um, this episode with um, him getting put like between his gram- grandma and Ernie. But I don't know. I I guess the the heart I have for Ernie is that he like he does he does want this kid to be kind of, kind of be a stand-in son. And the fact that he's renaming him is kind of goofy, but it's also him saying, like, I I care for you so much, I'm going to name you. Um, and it's like, that doesn't make sense because he's nine years old. But the act of naming is a really important thing. And the fact that he says, no, I don't want to call you the Terminator. I want to call you by a real name because that's what I want to name my... That's what I want to name my son, or whatever. But he never got around to having like he's basically <laughs> yeah. adopting him. Yeah, his his uh, his his line is, um, "I never met the right the right woman." Yeah, that's why you don't have a kid. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Yeah, you, it's it's your choice that. Uh, yeah, because he he has like such a crazy Napoleon complex. He, so many episodes, he's like crazy. Well, and if he were to bring a woman home to his apartment, there's nothing in his apartment. There's no bed. Oh, there's is it no empty? couch. It's empty. It's just like stacks that. of mm. what are they? It's like they're cement like cornerstones. Yeah, they're pieces of his demolition that he saved as like trophies. And there's literally nothing else in his room, but maybe a, a, desk, a desk and a chair and, and a, a chair, and that's it. Yeah, yeah, Yo, yeah. That just so he couldn't even really create sad. a kid. There's nowhere to create it if he I wanted mean, to. You, you yeah, can. there's ways. Yeah, there's. <laughs> Okay, we've already talked about tampons and about... Let's I don't want to not, talk about... Let's not knock, you know, doing it on a pile of demolished bricks, okay? But they're stacked so high. I it's, have it's, my it's Thursday so night, high. you have yours, okay? Oh, uh, uh, Okay, so, well, so, so paired with... <laughs> Sorry, guys. No, no, Sorry no I'm glad Corey's I have a partner in crime. No, 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 yeah, yeah. Um, Listen to this. Um... Uh, something else interesting is the song that's being sung is so violent, um, and it's, it's such a terrible it's, message. It's, yeah, it's horrible. It's um, uh, you broke my heart. Now I'm gonna break some things of yours. And he like lists all the <laughs> that stupid rug, that da da da. And he like lists like everything that he's gonna destroy. But that's kind of what the episode is about. It's like, oh my god. If gosh. you hurt me emotionally. Whoa, Ernie didn't find love. Uh, oh, so he turned to demolition. He turned to demolition, <gasps> and he's knocking down stuff. And this Whoa, place, the circuit theater, 
Like Hitler, yes. That's a good... Yeah, he was a failed painter. Okay, right. Yeah. Charles Manson, he wanted to be a musician, and yeah, he, he didn't did make it either. Yeah, he did the audition for uh, the, the monkey? I don't know. Maybe. He lived with one of the Beach Boys for a hot minute. I feel like he had, like, audition for, like, a band. I don't remember which. But... Probably. I know he had he has an album, and one of them, the songs he wrote about a garbage dump. I think that was his problem. His songs were typically yeah, not what people wanted to listen shitty to. Shitty songs. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to Serial Killer Podcast. <laughs> we'll be we'll be back soon with sponsored by Mail Kim. <laughs> Will she ever learn how to say Mailchimp? Thanks, Mailchimp. I wish uh, then we'd have some sick podcast money. That's what we need. Um, but but I think actually it's it it fits with Ernie's life that he's he doesn't know how to handle. Uh, Grandma does. Grandma has this memory of love at the Circle Theater, and Ernie's trying to knock it down. So that's that's a that's an interesting thing that I just thought of right now. That oh, was nice. Great. Off the cuff. Off the cuff. You Everything can catch him at UCB, uh, improv <laughs> class. I, class I'm three. taking classes. <laughs> it's not a performance. <laughs> that was a nice real moment. The rest of this has been entirely scripted. <laughs> We're just really good at delivering it and making it sound off the yeah, cuff. Yeah, that's right. It's all been improvised. <laughs> there is something... Um, uh, Arnold, at the at the end of the episode, Arnold invests in the past, and he convinces Ernie to do the same. So really, Grandma does win. Let's be honest. Um, but it's nice that Arnold can be the facilitator. But at the same time, Arnold, you got to live your own life and stop. Yeah, like they are adults. Let them live their life, man. So as... spread your flannel wings and soar, Arnold. <laughs> spread yeah. your flannel wings. I didn't realize that was a shirt. Until I thought it was a skirt for the longest me time. Too. I'm really glad we That's got to talk about that because I feel like you guys must have discussed this at some point. No, I quietly... No, really? I want to get into the fashion of it. But <laughs> I will say, I did think it was a skirt for a long time. And then when I realized it was a flannel shirt, I gained immense respect for Arnold. Yeah, who has the best outfit in your opinion? Oh, Arnold. Easily. Arnold? Okay. I would wear that. And like he has his like nighttime sweater that he occasionally puts on hmm. like for like sneaking around, looking at the girls. Like He yeah, wears it a couple yeah, yeah. times and it's like a sick sweater. Like He's very normcore, super hip. Harold's outfit? Yuck. Crop top? <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. You got an Audi, bro. Rhonda and Phoebe are pretty good though, right? Like They have oh, those yeah. sweaters. Phoebe's is very classic. She's got like sick glasses. She's got that little, is it a bonnet? Yeah, yeah. Is that, and it's like a right, scrunchie. Right. Very Clarissa explains it all. Well done, Phoebe. Yeah, Helga's is pretty bad. Gerald's is like basic. It's the most basic. Gerald's a real basic bitch, I will say. <laughs> like, get yourself a Starbucks, girl. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember any other like crazy. Oh, uh, with the with the baseball hat and the the. Oh uh, shit! Sid. He's great. Yeah, oh, that leather good. jacket is great. Yeah, he's like yeah. he's like a jet with yeah. his like penisy eggplant nose. But beyond, <laughs> that, I was gonna say popsicle stick. But sure, yeah, yeah. Either way. <laughs> Either way, same. You know. Yeah. No, it's definitely. I think. I think Sid, Rhonda, Phoebe, and Arnold all have the best. I'm really glad we got to talk about fashion yeah. with those guys. <laughs> I think this may be because I'm here. I'll, I'll take credit for that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we both <laughs> different we perspectives. Bo- you know what? Adam and I only wear denim. 100 percent denim. A lot of denim. I wear about the same four outfits every week, but I think there's seven days, so there's a lot of re-wearing that goes yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, so, no, but that's yeah. like having a uniform and then moving <laughs> off of that. That's that's a very like that's a cool thing to do, you know. Well, thank you. Yeah, and you know what? Thank you for coming. This has been a much different experience to have a female voice here. Oopie. A better experience, <laughs> huh? Better. Experience. Oh no, better. But yeah, no, it was great. Thank you so much for thank you for helping having us out. me. 
And like we said at the very beginning, if you've made it all the way through, which I hope you have, uh, Courtney Halverson, how can we find you on the internet? Um, yeah, my Instagram handle is Pretty Little Fawn. Um, I have a Twitter that I neglect uh, nine times out of ten. So if you want to see some very so old tweets, tune into that. <laughs> I think I have like a New Year's 2012 on there. Um, I have a blog, prettylittlefawn.com. And then, uh, yeah, uh, watch the second season of True Detective eventually. <laughs> Mom. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, please rate and review for us. Uh, email us at um, hey.hey.arnoldhey at gmail.com. And if you send us an email, I will respond no matter how stupid the email is or how wonderful the email is. You guys is. send the worst emails. <laughs> Any outdated internet meme, send it to the inbox. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, do it. He'll respond. He, he did sign a blood oath. I just saw him He do it has right now. nothing but time. That's true. That's very true. <laughs> Well, thank you again, guys. See you. See you soon.